It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and joining me today, Lance Daw, very large friend of the program. How are you, bud? Doing great, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Of course, Lance writes with me at the Auburn Wire, auburnwire.com, part of uh, USA Today's coverage of all things Auburn Tigers. We've been talking a lot about the scrimmage this week. Now I think it's time that we turn ahead and look at the scrimmage coming up on tomorrow when most people listen to this. Of course, Friday is when that is happening. And, you know, I I put out a list on auburnwire.com kind of detailing 10 guys that could really benefit from the second half of fall camp. Who are some of these guys in your mind, Lance, who could really benefit over the next few weeks? Maybe maybe win a position battle, maybe um, maybe solidify themselves as you know a, a key guy in the SEC. Anybody come to mind for you? Well, I think I think for me, I'm looking at that defensive line, and I'm looking at a guy like either Marcus Harris or JJ Begees. I'm looking for this back half of uh, of uh, fall to be really big for them. JJ Begees, we've heard nothing but good things about him. Obviously, in his first year uh, on the defensive line, really excited to see what he brings to the table as a former tight end. You know, just a really athletic guy. And then Marcus Harris, the transfer from Kansas. You know, you look at his production from Kansas, and he was one of their best players overall on that team. Yeah. Some people might say, you know, it's it's Kansas, but still, I'll take anybody that's performed at the Division One level like Harris did especially as a freshman so yeah I'm looking at that defensive line I'm looking at Pegues I'm looking at Marcus Harris and then when you look on the offensive side of the ball I think you're looking at just all of these receivers but specifically I'm looking at Malcolm Johnson Jr. and Javaris Johnson you know two guys that we've heard really good things about throughout spring and throughout fall Javaris Johnson obviously on Colt Kublix I believe it was top five offensive breakout players in the SEC right got a lot of speed would really like to see him continue to, to develop and see if he can potentially even work his way into, who knows, maybe a starting spot. Could definitely be on the line here uh, as we progress through the scrimmage. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because I don't think any of the guys that you just said made my top 10, which kind of says how many different things are going on throughout this roster because I think everything you just said was absolutely correct. I mean, there's obviously been a lot of focus on... The offensive line, when you kind of look at it throughout, you know, fall camp and and really the whole summer has been offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. But I, uh, I think, I think Brandon Council's a big guy. You know, as far as where does he solidify? I think once they kind of keep him in one spot on the offensive line, he's going to be able to take a big step forward. Once Austin Troxel, I think he's going to win the left tackle job over the next few days, probably. Probably in Friday's scrimmage, the second scrimmage of fall camp. I think a lot of these guys are about to win jobs. But you look at a Malcolm Johnson Jr., and we've heard nothing but really, really good things about him and a Javarius Johnson. Um, but he's an interesting case because it seems like he's playing a similar position and a similar role to Tarvaris Dawson. And Tarvaris Dawson has come in and hit the ground running, and he's really kind of he's stolen a lot of attention in camp so far. Yeah, absolutely. And and it, 
you, everybody wants to talk about this receiving core in somewhat of a negative, not necessarily optimistic light, I would say. I don't want to say negative, but Auburn's got a lot of talent at that position. They're just so young. I was reading an article about a month or so ago talking about Gus Malzahn and his his recruiting, like the his ability to recruit on the offensive side of the ball, and then what Auburn's production actually looked like. As it turns out, Auburn is second in the SEC in terms of average recruiting ranking at the wide receiver position. They are tied with Alabama at second. The only team ahead of them is Georgia. They've got talent at that position, and they still have talent at the, that position this season. So it's just figuring out which guys kind of step up and are more comfortable in this offense. A guy that you uh, that you did mention in your article, Elijah Canyon. A lot right. of guys are really, really high on him. Really excited about what he could potentially bring to the table. Uh, he could be he could be Nick's go to guy based on what we saw in the Outback Bowl and based off what we saw in the spring game, there's a lot of depth. And in the scrimmage, position, I think. I mean, yeah, it was absolutely. Canyon who caught, you know, Bo's touchdown pass. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot of depth at that position. And Tavares Dawson is another guy that could potentially step up. My concern is not the depth of this position. It's just simply the experience. And then also you bring in a guy like Demetrius Robertson who has that experience. I think Auburn's going to be just fine at that position. Yeah, let's go through the 10 guys that I put. This is at AuburnWire.com. Bo Nix was my first guy. I think that's self-explanatory. We've talked about him a lot this week. Austin Troxel, I just mentioned him. Elijah Canyon, you just mentioned him. Eku Leota is a guy that I put on here. I think he's really kind of learned this defense, and now that he's kind of got his feet up under him, I think he could take a big step forward. Because you look at... Derek Hall, but it's like, who's going to be the other big pass rusher that's going to step up as an edge guy? And I think Eculiota could kind of emerge over the next uh, the next few days and the next few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you and I were talking about him earlier on in the offseason, and we were doing some type of list. I forget what we were doing. You but compared him to TJ Neal. I compared him to TJ Neal, and looking back on it, that was a really, it was just a bad comp and a bad argument. You overall. came in the studio the next this- day at the Auburn Network, and you're like, man, I, sh- I don't know why I did that. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a completely off-base uh, opinion on Eculiota, because you look at this kid, he was Northwestern's leading sack leader, yeah. and everybody thought that he was going to be the next man up in a very, in a very talented Northwestern defense. He transfers out, he comes to Auburn, I do expect this kid with a really good fall camp to kind of insert himself into that defensive line lineup. I think he definitely is going to be a factor for Auburn this season. Yeah, yeah. So that, that was a guy that I wanted to mention. Let's see. I put Nehemiah Pritchett on here. We heard from him as he talked to the media earlier this week. Sounds like he was one of the uh, the two guys to intercept Bo Nix. Um, Jalen Simpson right. was the other. Nehemiah Pritchett. And, I mean, a, a guy that, can play outside corner and play the nickel. I mean, there's. I've even heard some whispers that he could be playing safety some, but I, I don't really see that as much. I think he's going to be a corner, whether it's outside or inside, we'll have to see. But has really emerged as a, as a leader on this team. So Nehemiah Pritchett's another guy. I mean, I put him on this list just because he could win a job. Like, it would not shock yeah. me if he was a starting nickel when it's all said and done. Yeah, absolutely. You talk about the versatility there with Pritchett, and you're right. He was one of the guys to uh, to pick off Knicks. He capitalized, I believe it was on a miscommunication with the receiver, and he just came under, capitalized on it. Do you remember that play in the 2016 Arkansas game? 
Sean White, it was, I believe it was a third down situation. Sean White was going to the left side. And it was a miscommunication. He wanted to throw back shoulder. The receiver ran a go route. It landed right in the hands of the Arkansas he defensive it. back, and he just dropped yeah. it. It was a very similar play from what I understand, except Pritchett actually came up with the ball. So just capitalizing on mistakes. Right. And absolutely, I completely agree with you. You give him the rest of this fall camp to kind of assert himself somewhere. Again, we don't know if it's going to be outside or inside corner, if it's going to be that nickel spot. But in terms of him, like you said, emerging as a leader, he's going to find a spot, starting spot somewhere. Zevion Capers is on my list here at AuburnWire.com. And then um, I know you mentioned him. Bidarius Knighton is another guy. And there's something I want to talk about here with Bidarius Knighton, if you don't mind, Lance. So at flywareagle.com, that is the fan-sided Auburn um, site, Andrew Hughes, uh, Hughes and, and he and I have talked a little bit through Twitter and stuff. He seems like he does a good job. But the the headline here is Auburn football, Bidarius Knighton to start at safety alongside Smoke Monday. And I, so I click on that, and it's like, oh, cool, did they announce that? And so I, I pulled it up, and the first part of the article that, that Andrew talked about is he's quoting Nathan King of Auburn Undercover, friend of the show. Um, and Nathan's tweet says, Sounds like FCS transfer by Darius Knighton is the front runner to start at safety for Auburn alongside Smoke Monday, according to Nehemiah Pritchett. But the quote from Pritchett is, um, okay, Pritchett was asked about Knighton. Quote, he's been doing an awesome job, great player. He's picked up the plays very well. He's coming in and getting extra work, going up to the office, seeing the coaches, going over the plays. He's a great player overall, in my opinion. Then he's got another quote that he said, I've seen Ladarius Tennyson do as well as I could have hoped coming into fall camp, and Knighton is already pairing well with Monday at safety. Smoke needed by Darius, okay? And by Darius, you know, needed smoke. So... I don't necessarily get that from those quotes, but still worth following. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. It is, as far as Knighton's potential in this defensive backfield, he's way too experienced to not find himself in some, in some not I don't even know if it's going to be a starting role, but he's going to find himself on the field often for Auburn this season. So like you said, I don't know if, if there's necessarily enough there to glean that conclusion from from that conversation with Pritchett but yeah I I still think that he's talented enough to find some spot on this defense again you talk about the depth in this Auburn defense Auburn's a lot deeper I feel like than most most media outlets are giving them credit for at a lot of different positions and this and secondary may be the deepest yeah yeah I don't think there's any question about that I don't think there's any question about that at all Today's show brought to you by our friends at Frisky Whiskey. It is the best place to buy all of your spirits or, or beer, wine. You go into Georgia where their tax rate is lower on alcohol. Uh, if you're in Auburn or Opelika, about 15-minute drive. As soon as you get into Georgia off of um, I-85, you'll see billboards all over the place. Take that exit. Go to the right. Go to the right again, and you will see it. 10,000 square feet of awesome, awesome selection and very affordable uh, prices. So when you're prepping for your tailgates this year, Frisky Whiskey is the way to go. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at Sweat Block. Uh, this is doctor-created and uh, doctor-recommended. Sweat Block works for uh, up to seven days per use, and they have what is called the dry shirt guarantee. If Sweat Block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. No questions asked. They say it doesn't happen a lot, but um, 
When it does, they don't they don't ask any questions there. So it's uh, if sweating is something you deal with, if you know you're given a sales presentation and sometimes you know you, you mess up some of your shirts, Sweat Block is the product for you. You can get it for twenty percent off at sweatblock.com. All you have to do is use the promo code Locked On, one word L O C K E D O N, at sweatblock.com, or you can go to Amazon or CVS. Lance Dahl, our guest today here on Locked On Auburn. Did we go through the full list? I don't think we did. I uh, also said Jarquez Hunter, just mainly because he missed the scrimmage. Sounds like he'll be back soon. I mentioned Brandon Council. Jalen Simpson's another guy, just because he's kind of been forgotten about when we talk about all these corners. It's still crazy to me how little we've heard about Drayshon Miller. We've heard nothing about this guy. One of the best corners in college football from West Virginia a year ago, coming in, really adding to a lot of this depth. We all assumed he'd be the corner opposite Roger McCreary, but I think there's guys like Jalen Simpson that say, hey, hold on real quick. Yeah, absolutely. And from what I understand, last time we saw Auburn in in their in, in a practice, they had Miller working with the third team. I don't know what that's about. I think Dreshawn Miller, obviously you can look at his time at West Virginia. You can you can clearly see that he's a talented corner. Stunt. Clearly talented enough to play with Auburn, especially as a starter. I'm not sure why they have him working with the threes. I'm not sure why um, he's not kind of emerged as that corner, like you said, opposite of McCreary as that second guy. I believe we will see more of him, though, as the season starts. Pro Football Focus loves this guy. Yeah. I think he definitely deserves a shot. There are so many guys in this room that you look at them, you look at their skill set, you look at the talent, you look at their even their experience, you look at guys like Smoke and McCreary and then guys behind them. It's like, yeah, they deserve playing time. It's going to be really, really hard to figure out how Zach Etheridge is going to feed all of these mouths because there's just so much talent. And you look at a guy like Jalen Simpson. I've been incredibly high on Jalen Simpson since that Kentucky game after he got his first start. Right. I believe he got a forced – it was a forced fumble in that game. He knocked the snot out of some Kentucky player in the backfield. I can't quite remember who it was, but he was really, really good. Just a hard-hitting guy. Right. I think he deserves a shot as well. Again, this secondary man. Really, really talented. Jalen Simpson, another one of those guys that I really am looking forward to show up. I'm glad you brought up Pro Football Focus because I actually spent some time looking through their database um, today, Wednesday afternoon when we record this. Because, so the last two times, at the time of us recording this, the last two times that we have seen or heard of a starting offensive line group, neither of them, and I'm talking about Thursday's practice and then Saturday's scrimmage. Neither time included Tayshawn Manning as a starter. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And I was thinking back, like Tayshawn Manning and Brandon Council seem significantly better than everyone else on the offensive line to me last year. And so it's like, am I crazy? Like, what's going on here? And I even remember, like, Harson was super high on Manning um, throughout spring. So it's like, what's going on there? And so to, to convince myself that I'm not crazy... And it helped a little bit. I looked at Pro Football Focus, and Tayshawn Manning was, the analytics said that Tayshawn Manning was Auburn's best offensive lineman last year. Played in all 11 games last season. He had a run block grade of 63.3, which isn't good, but he had a pass block grade of 80.5. Brandon Council was second overall, run block grade of 54.6, pass block grade of 79.8. 
And then there's a pretty sizable drop-off after that. Brendan Coffey's third, even though he only played in five games last year. Jalil Irvin was also pretty high, but he only had he only had two games of experience. But then you look at like the next legitimate starter, it was Broderius Ham. He played in nine games last season. He had a run blocking grade of 62 and a pass blocking grade of 68. And it's just like you look through this and it's like Manning was a lot better than a lot of these other dudes. I wonder what happened. I wonder what's going on here. Yeah, absolutely. I believe uh, I might be wrong on this, but I believe that he is dealing with some type of injury. Again, I might be wrong on that, but from what I remember, I was talking with a couple of other people the other day about, you know, where is Tayshaun Manning, a couple of me- me- uh, media members that were at practice. And they, I believe somebody said that they saw him on a bike. So I believe that he is but he's still he might, lining he up leaving. and playing with the second team unit, but maybe, right. maybe so he missed some I, time I, and he's trying to catch up or something. Right. I hope that the situation is he's missed a little time, maybe dealing with some type of injury and is trying to rehab back from that. Because like you mentioned there, he was one of our our best offensive linemen or this new group, this new coaching staff may truly believe that Auburn has different options. And to that, I say, thank goodness, because if we see Tayshaun Manning play really well last year and he's a backup this season we always have depth at at some type of position and I'm really thankful that this coaching staff sees that and is executing on that I'm curious do you have Alec Jackson's uh, pro football uh, focus grade numbers in front of you so he was last on the team no he was second to last Troxel was last the two left tackles were bad Um, so Alec Jackson played in eight games last season his run blocking grade was a 50.1 and his pass blocking grade was a 41.1 so that's not very good and then Troxel, who he's competing with for left tackle, um, Troxel played in eight games last year, run blocking grade of fifty five. He had a pass blocking grade of thirty six point four. Yikes! Yikes! What made you specifically ask about? Uh, did I lose you? Are you gone? I guess I lost you. He warned me that his uh, his internet was fuzzy. So I'm gonna do an ad read, and maybe he'll come back. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball is in full swing, and you can track all of the action at betonline.ag. And uh, yeah, you can get in on the action today. Sign up for a free account, betonline.ag. Use promo code LOCKED ON when you make your first deposit, and uh, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You got to love that. So, that online, your online sportsbook experts. Also, today's show brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. Rock Auto is the best place to buy all of your automobile parts, whether it's for your car, truck, or SUV. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV. Right, Locked on Auburn in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Let's bring Lance back. I think we got him. You good? Yeah, I don't know what happened there. I just kind of uh, disappeared there for a second. No, you told me your internet was fuzzy um, going into this. So, no, that is totally fine. What are you and Noah talking about on y'all's radio show on the line? Man, I think I lost him again. I think I lost him again. Lance, I will do the rest of the show. It is all good, my friend. I think um, I think the interesting thing to look for uh, moving forward with this Auburn team is it still comes down to quarterback play. 
And a lot of folks have commented on the YouTube page. And if you haven't checked out Locked on Auburn on YouTube, please do so. Um, It's kind of allowing folks to interact more with me a little bit instead of you having to get on Twitter. So that's kind of the weakness of podcasting. Still love it, but um, people can kind of just chime out, you know, exactly what we're talking, their responses to it. But a lot of people saying like, hey, is D Davis possibly, you know, a combination of Bo Nix and TJ Finley? And it's like, maybe. I think he's got the athleticism of Bo Nix. And maybe he has the arm of TJ Finley. I, I don't fully grasp that concept because I, I don't think he can throw it quite that far. But I do think that's something that, that Auburn fans can be excited about, that combination of having both of those guys. So... That is um that is something I still think we're too early on both of these guys. I still think Bo Nix will be the starter. I got some criticism uh, for early listeners this morning was saying, "Hey, why are we always so negative about Auburn's outlook on the season and Auburn's you know outlook on on Bo Nix?" And I'm not trying to be negative here. I just you guys got on to me a few seasons ago when I sunshine pumped and like we weren't very good. <laughs> so I I just kind of want to bring bring out you know some concerns with this team. And I think, bottom line, the defense has a chance to be a top-five defense that we've seen in the last 20 or 30 years at Auburn. I think it can be very, very good. Um, as far as, you know, reasonable expectations, I, I still think it's too early to tell. I think we'll know a ton of different things after the Penn State game. And a lot of that's going to have to do with how does Bo Nix respond in a hostile environment, yada, yada, yada. We've talked about that a million times. But I think it's true. I think that stuff matters because... Look, I am more okay with him running out of the pocket to his right with an empty, you know, when the pocket is clean and, you know, he's clearly uncomfortable. I'm fine with that way more than I am. He just becomes a different quarterback on the road. You can win with a quarterback that leaves the pocket too early because there's a lot of those in college football. It's going to be hard to win anything of note, like a championship or a division championship, or, you know, put yourself in a position to even be competing for a championship in November if you can't win on the road and if you can't win in hostile territory because you're in the SEC and pretty much every place that you play, a lot of angry fans yelling at you. So um, that's going to just about do it for today's edition of the show. Check out Lance Dahl's work. He's at Daw Pound on Twitter, and he hosts On the Line with Noah Garner from 2 to 4 on ESPN 106.7 every day. He does a fantastic job. And, of course, you can read all of his work and all of my work at AuburnWire.com. Follow me on Twitter at ZBlackerby. Tomorrow, it's a Ferg Friday. Don't miss it. This has been Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.